here seems to be working. Yes, yes. Let's break it. Let's break shit. Fuck shit up, we're gonna fuck us on riot! Riot! Uh, we're not about angry, we're about upbeat and... and we're, we're, about, we're about girls rock! Exclamation point, put it on a bumper sticker. With a Z. Girls. G-O-R-L, Katy Perry style. Um... It is Tripping Balls. I am Doc. He is Adam H. Photo. And uh, we review new music. And this week we are reviewing um, a whole lot of pop. Yes. Where should we pop. start? Well, uh, we, need to st- we need to acknowledge genius where genius exists. Um, and Teen Jesus and, and the Gene Teasers is, as you said last time, the best band name ever. Yes. Like, full stop. That's just... Got, you know, it's got... Sort of single slash double entendre. It's yep. a bit of a tongue twister. Yep. Um, you know, it, it kind of you, you you look at them and you look at the, the band name. You think that matches as well, yep. and it even matches their sound. It'd be better, better if it, they actually lived up to the name. Unfortunately, well, he, look, I reckon, and I listened to this. I meant to go back and listen to sort of some earlier recordings. I just didn't get the time to go back and do it. I. There's, there's a lot of promise here, I think. I, I, I like the concept. I like the sort of intent. This is very Dragon's Den. Well, I kind of... I just, What's your marketing strategy? Well, yeah. I just kind of feel like it, 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 it's it, they're still kind of figuring it out a little bit. they kind of got a good concept and a good idea. They sound good you know it's a nice... It's an, not an unpleasant sound and it's, you know, very poppy and up and around like that. See, I think that's the problem, because if you're, you're giving me Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers, and you're a bunch of fucking Canberra ratbags you met in high school, I'm expecting the fucking Ramones, I'm expecting the Spazzies, I'm expecting some kind of ratbag fucking punk rock, and it's not really that. It's much more, no. it's a bit too earnest and heartfelt and poppy and polite. In it's your, very polite. And in I, the feelings. And you can't be having I used to be fun fucking ruminations when you're 21 years old, for fuck's sake. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think a lot of it's got to do with the production as well. I actually think these guys would be a, a good live act because yeah. I think they'd lose that overly compressed kind of, because, in, you know, like you always say, with all about, you know, there's a lot of bands that sound similar areas you know there's a there was a song at the start of this album i just was singing last night by the um, strokes over the top of it had that kind of same jangle but the difference is what they don't have is riffs yes they have sounds the guitars and the guitars are pushed so far back they They have have sentiments yeah it's it's so far back in the mix it's kind of just blends into nothingness and their vocals are very out there and shouty and you know sort of you know resolutely australian resolutely canberra Yeah. No, I think there's possibilities. I, th- I think if you went and saw them live, it'd be a good show because you'd kind of get that sound pressure yep. that you're missing from the album here. And, and I think they'd actually probably deliver that pretty well. So as a, I, I can see where, because I, I even saw that there was an article in the Herald about these guys, like literally the day after you said this album, I'm like, oh, okay. So there's a bit of buzz about these guys. And I reckon if you went and saw them live, come away and go, hey, that was a pretty good show. The songs aren't objectionable, but there's nothing really that you want to, hang your hat on yeah. come away and go you know there's no there's nothing that sticks in my head and this is this music's all about something you want to walk away 
humming that riff or playing air guitar yeah. to that sort of meow, 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 or, you know, or the something. They don't really know whether they want to be a pop band or a punk band. And I think- Yeah, I don't think they figure that yet. The point of pop punk is that you play- you play pop songs with a punk sensibility and they work on both contexts. I'm not sure Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers, as currently constituted, works as either a pop act or a punk act. And I was, I was that's quite a shame. interested to see what their early stuff was like, just yeah. when it was a little bit less produced, just kind of see where they started. Because I where- thought they were a bit more ratbaggy. I mean, I was kind of hoping yeah. for early Donners, because the Donners are one of my favorite bands of this kind of genre, that kind of ratbag, bunch of girls who got together in high school. None of them can play that well, but they just want to play shit that 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 is loud and pisses off people. And well, um, Spotify, my Spotify, because you know, once you go past the sort of end of the album, Spotify then decides, you know, goes all algorithm on you and says, "Well, you've just listened to fourteen songs by this one. Cop this one." And of course, it spat out "Seether" by Veruca Salt. Yeah, and I, and I like this is this is what like, and you listen to it, and there's not a whole lot of difference there. The Veruca Salt's actually probably got a, a cutesier vocal even. Like these ones, they're a bit rough. Well, that's Nina Gordon as much as anything because she, she had a much, she has a much better singing yeah. voice. And, and I was did. driving along listening to it and see the came on and I was air guitaring yeah. that, that riff, you know, and there's not a whole lot of difference, but it's forward and it's a bit more grabby, you know, yeah. something like that. And it's it's not like I I, I remember that riff out of that song before I read That's all you need. Yeah. yeah, and there, yeah, that's right. This is hookless. This you couldn't run a fucking tackle store on this, unfortunately. And then you're right, it makes the, the right noises to be this kind of album, but it doesn't doesn't have the right songs. Maybe the second album. Hopefully somebody hears them live and goes, I'm gonna write them a, a really cool pop hook that or will just take them into that. Fucking bit. stomp on the pedal and play some riffs. Because you're from Canberra, you're probably Bogans. You can do it. Just, just play some fucking riffs. Just lead into being magic dirt. Don't be fucking. You know, there's yeah. no point being lash or fucking some horrible pop uh, pop act. I, I made the observation to a music friend of mine. I've listened to a few sort of very um, like the, the the festivals are on at the moment and lots of stuff. And there's a lot of very you know corporate kind of entertainment covers bands coming through who are very highly paid for what they do and they're very good at what they do. Like it's a big sound, you know, they sound great. It's you know it's all it's up and everybody gets up and dances. But I said to him, I said, what do you what haven't you heard in this entire set for two hours of set? I said, what haven't you heard out of them? And he said, I, don't know. I said, I haven't heard a distortion pedal. Everything's very jangly. Like it's like, and 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 I find that a lot of that that sort of gritty distortion that leads the thing is is coming out of modern music, like modern pop. Anyway, it's not. A- oh yeah, it's not in. Well, should we talk about O Rod? Because well, when we fired up O Rod, the the last thing in the universe I expected to hear on track one was fucking fuzzy turn of the millennium power pop with kind of fuzzy guitars. It sounded yeah. like a cross between fucking um, Spider Bait Calypso and Avril Lavigne. I was not expecting that shit. I mean, that stuff is from. She wasn't Olivia Rodrigo was not born when this stuff <laughs> that was stuff when that was the thing. That- and it's an interesting album, like as I said, because when I listen, like I, I literally, I had something in the middle, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But when I, it was a sandwich, folks. First heard the, I, well, I just went, that's what, that's this, that first song, that's what that other stuff should sound like. Like they, that's the sort of impetus, and that's the kind of, you know, it, it's, a, it's mixed better. It's got a bit more, thing out, but. Um, what those, with the opening two tracks on Olivia Rodriguez's album, she did a better pop punk album than. Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers did. 
Because that, that yeah, opening too was like, that's that's pop punk. You've done a really good job there. Now and then yeah. she wandered off into the tinkly, breathy ASMR pop songs about you know crying over boys, and she lost me there. But that's I enjoyed bits of this album a lot. I would I didn't yeah. enjoy this album, but I enjoyed the bits I enjoyed. I I genuinely enjoyed, unironically. Um, the first yeah, the first four tracks until it gets and I really like Vampire because it kind of it was the first and I just when I first heard I, I'm in, I'm intri- I'm interested in Vampire I didn't didn't enjoy it but I was interested in the thesis she was putting forward and it was it was nice to see creepy older dudes who prey on twenty something girls getting <laughs> getting put on blast because that's fucking gross fucking pick yeah. on someone your own size and there was a line like you know girls your own age avoid you because they know you're a fucking piece of shit. And I think that it's yes, fucking get these fucking clouds out of here. It's really gross. What I liked about when I first heard Vampires, a I first thought, as soon as I heard it because I'd heard a bit of her first album, and it was a very poppy, very poppy sort of album. A little bit, you know, a couple of rough edges here and there. But I so think I, that it, last album got listed on some album of the year rock yeah. charts. Yeah, like it, which is a very odd. But I could probably see it a little bit more from some of the if, if there were some of the songs on it that sounded yeah. a bit like this. I think when I, when they, and I thought, oh, he's the piano ballad to come for the second album. Yeah, and, I, and then but then it sort of it get you know when it's that first chorus goes and it, then it sort of turns into that sort of club banger kind of you know driving bass. I went, oh, that's not where I expected this song to go at all. And by the end of that song, it's an absolute you know, dance floor banger everywhere. And, and sort of, I wasn't expect. I, I was expecting it to, to sort of go full Taylor on it and just take it piano ballad the whole way through. And it probably would have been fine as a piano ballad, but it was just really turned around. The thing she that doesn't want to do that though. Yeah. The thing that turned, disappointed me most about this album is I was really enjoying it right up to that point. And then the, and straight after the, the big single on this album, the worst song on the album comes on lacy, lacy skin, like puff pastry. I just went, what the fuck am I listening to here? You're listening to a girl say how much she loves another girl. And yeah. because you, and you hate that because you're from the country. Um, no, it, it was, it was a, it did always a nothing song. Yeah. But, I mean, there are quite a lot of those nothing songs in there. It kind of dips hard in the middle and then comes back because um, the second single off this album is is um, reminded me more of, I mean, you want to talk about 90s influences, Getting Back is the next single and my daughter loves the hell yeah. out of it. And it's like that chorus is like just get it out of here, cannot get it out of here. But she kind of talks, sings the first bit and it's like- It's pure, oh, it's pure fucking, it's pure fucking night, late 90s, early early 2000s pop punk, isn't it's, it? It's, yeah, well, the first bit where she's just sort of drawing down yeah. the thing is Beck slash butthole surfers kind of. No, no, I wouldn't give it that much. I would say it's fucking Avril Lavigne and well, those guys. Oh, it was That was very much that, that kind of stuff. But it's fine. It, yeah. it does a good job. And it's, it, it's a really it's a really well executed version, and even the even the tedious piano ballads are well executed and well scripted. I mean, her lyrics are interesting, and she she has interesting shit to say for a twenty year old. That's pretty cool. It's a perfectly aimed album for right now for yeah. a whole bunch of teenage girls and twenty something girls. This will just resonate like because yeah. they can jump around like idiots. They know all the words. They have their cry piano ballad in the middle yeah. of it, and and like you say, the in, the the lyrics are kind of. I don't want to say they're insightful because, you know, you can write about whatever you think, anything you like and tell it your own experience. But it's, I feel like it was talking about interesting stuff and maybe- I felt it was talking about things that happened and, and it was yeah. a genuine experience. And, and We're both 45-year-old men who are closer to being Olivia's parents than we are to being, 
you know, mm-hmm. anybody. We none of those songs are written about us. No, we I, are not the the guy that that you know the ex who's texting her when she's all fucked up out of out of the drink and trying to convince herself that it's not a terrible fucking idea to, yeah. to hook up with him. And that, um, and that, that feels yeah, that feels like that feels much more. I'm not going to say encapsulating, but then the the Teen Jesus album, which just feels really blah. Like I oh, don't there, there was there was a song in the Teen Jesus which felt extremely real, which was the there was a song which was clearly about. Um, someone's personal experience of sexual assault, which felt like, oh, Jesus. And yeah. it was clearly from somebody, it was like intimate partner sexual assault. It was somebody who had been a boyfriend or a friend. Um, and it was like, that one's, that one's pretty. That was the only song that actually, that stayed with me out of, yeah. out of the Teen Jesus album. I was like, yeah, that, that was, that felt real. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Overod, as I'm going to insist on calling her, is de- she's definitely swearier and edgier than oh, Old Love Tay, oh, no. but Old Love Tay is like half a generation older. She's like yeah. 12 years older. So, um, you know, Taylor's not writing songs about, you know, no. you did in, the, in the same kind of thing, and nor, nor should she. But, no. um, yeah. But, uh, it's good to see someone, I guess, sort of take on that, you know, that mass sort of market and, and do it in a way that's not straight down the – the middle of the road kind not of thing. Not sort of generic, you know. Katie, it's not your Katy Perry or your, um, you know, those kind of, you know, straight down the pop oh, There's star. so many uh, of them. Like, you yeah, know, like I, I see the fucking albums on the on the new release, like Kim Oldmate, Kim Mulkis, whatever her name is. I think Kim Mulkey is a basketball coach. Uh, but there's there's so many of them that were just fucking, you know, generic. Uh, who's the Spanish one? Rosalia? I listened to her album and it sucked If uh, last year. It was it was on a whole lot of, of – um, Top ten charts, and I was like, "This is unlistenable shit." I don't understand. I don't. I really don't get it. And it's not just that, it, that some of it's in second language; it's just no fucking good. Yeah. But this has some intelligence to it, which is actually really cool. And it's you like listening to albums from young people where it re- reaffirms your confidence that the kids are all right. And I, <laughs> this album actually kind of does. In fact, you think about Teen Jesus; um, those those girls are all about the same age as Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. And it was interesting that because the, the third album we're going to talk about is Kylie Minogue's album, and you and you might have thought that the two pop albums would have more in common, but by far there's more in common between the Olivia Rodrigo album and the Teen Jesus album than there is with the um, with the Kylie album, which well, is not that surprising because well, she's look, 55 years old. Is, and, 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 and look, I, I said I, as I said to you last week, the lead single. Like, it's kind of an interesting kind of concept, and I can see Kylie's like like more. Kylie's all about the live show now. Like, the, and hers is a big production, big stage, yeah. twenty seven thousand dancers. Get I all the see, get all the fifty year old gay yeah. dudes to turn up, and, and I can and see how that that song that padam padam. I can see how that works and how that fits into her live show. Am, am I wrong to think that I just assumed that was some kind of? Uh, I assumed it was some kind of um, obvious grab for the Bollywood market. I hadn't kind of, I just didn't put up and up with some kind of <laughs> reference to Hindu that, Hindi that I didn't really understand. Yeah, um, why they bothered with the rest of the album, I have no fucking idea. It's dreadful. Like, it's disgustingly bad. Like, how, how annoyingly generic, how overly, you know, Auto-tuned, and I mean, Padam is auto-tuned as well. But at least they kind of lean into it a little bit there. It, I, I, yeah, it's a, it, it's, it was hard work. The rest of that, that, are, and and the, the leads, the lead, the tension or whatever it was, it has this weird repeating thing. I think she even raps somewhere in the album. Um, 
I, I think it's spoken bang. word, and it reminded me a bit of like turn of the millennium club bangers. There was occasionally like Eric Prides and guys like people like that would do the like the, the push me and then just touch me till I get my satisfaction. So There's a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like that, that fucking they she did a song. Was it ten out of ten? Mm. That was like a a two dollar shop version of that. Yeah, I mean, and it, it was like it's very much hell. designed for DJs to cut up and mix in in. Sort yeah, of yeah, it, this will be. Uh, this will be will find its home in a certain kind of you know late night club it's not a club that I'd be interested in staying out in because I'm old and so is she but this felt like a very solid safe pitching wedge onto the dance floor um, and it yeah. fe- this is her 16th album and it feels like it yeah it, it, I, the, the lead single fine but the rest of it, it I, yeah. just, I just kept, like like I mean there's bits there's bits that remind me of like gold frap or something like that that kind of downbeat sort of low not, not quite um fucking trip hop what worries me about it is that she's not writing any of this stuff like people oh, she, when has she ever written anything oh, that's what I mean but, so people are pitching this stuff to her and she's going yes out of all the shit that I've heard I'm going to put these 10 songs on the album and nine of them are just generic crap like yeah, but just, when has Kylie ever written, ever done anything that wasn't? Yeah, but at least I mean, sort of pitched a little bit. Um, I think this is this is entirely in line with what she produces. Oh, this absolutely. Is fine. Oh, yeah. See, I I'm not as angry about it, or or because I'm like, this is about what I would have expected from it. Yeah, I, I there's been a bit of buzz about this one. And I kind of that's why I was curious to kind of see what it was all about. Um, so yeah, I just didn't like. I actively did not like this. Interesting. I remember Beza trying to say that they're you know, talking about Madonna trying to break into, it, and literally, I heard she's on a song with the. I think it's the weekend at the moment um, at a collaboration, and it it's you know the only thing you can say about it is it's Madonna. Like you can tell it's Madonna, but there, there's nothing gets added to the song because it's Madonna. Like it could have been any random vocalist in the world, yeah. and the song would have been fine. Like you don't to listen to it and go, wow, that's Madonna, that's a great song. It's just like, yeah. Oh. But the reason for that is that the weekend sucks, and this yeah. is this is this we understand. Um, I mean, the only things I'd remark upon is that she can still singing budgie it up a treat. She can still hit some of that higher register stuff. I don't know how oh, many it takes helped, it required. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's helped by the other tune, but as I said, it's it's all about her show now, and her show is yeah. be very very good. Like it's a yeah. good well, you know, you know, she adds a couple of different sort of things, but you know all the stuff that you probably haven't heard in the modern lexicon that kind of works. You know, so, I mean, she, she, she basically mashes up her really old stuff. Um, you know, she finishes on All the Lovers, which is a very uh, – it's a dance track, but it's a very, again, very lo-fi kind of thing. You know, it, it's it just a nice melody and a bang and beat, and that's pretty much what her show is now. It's just everything, you know, yeah. is designed for that kind of audience and that kind of thing, and she does it very, very well. Most of that audience has been with her since day one. That's right, exactly. All the people well. who are older than us. Yeah, and, and she is, even in this album, she's reaching back to the 80s because there's like new wave and fucking 80s yeah. pop elements. Like track three and track six are more 80s than Charlene's fucking bubble perm. It's it's extremely clear. that I mean, even the fact that this is like, a, this album was originally a, a deluxe version that had like a, a, a second CD that had extra tracks on it. Which, like, How fucking 80s, 90s can you get? Yeah, I was a bit worried um, about I saw a deluxe version. I didn't, I didn't add the, I didn't add this, this too because I was like, I didn't, that's, we don't play like that anymore. It's, no, it's 2023, Dalen. Um, if you're from 1968, you need to retire. I mean, 55 was, we used to be retirement age for wounds. So I think, you know, uh, and and to be fair, I mean, we've got oh, there'll be 
old man bands that we listen to that that are well older than Kylie who have, who will release even more generic oh. and pathetic. Um, I've I've just released this album to stay out on tour. Albums but this year. Screaming Jets just put out new work. Like, well, I, they it might be entirely. It might be quite good. Who knows? But you know, so I'm not. I'm not going to judge Kylie any harder, harsher than I'm going to judge it, anybody else. But it's no good. I guess it's just to me. I was there was a bit of buzz about it, and I just went, yeah, you know what? That's not great at all. Yeah. Like, it's not. But that, it it's Bezos' fault that we listened to this because he was quite keen, and um, yeah, and then he, he wasn't even fucking brave enough to, to leave us a, a voice message to explain himself. So uh, that's why Bezo is bad at picking albums. Very good. Speaking of picking albums, um, what are you interested in us listening to next week? I, I wasn't sure if I was getting invited back next week um, or not. Um, You're absolutely welcome back next week, partly because Bezo's not here. Is that Rolling Stone album out yet? I think it is. I think we should do that because at least, I, well, I, I, like speaking of old man bands, they probably shouldn't do. Look, that foreshadowing wasn't mm. completely uninformed, but I thought it's entirely possible we'll end up doing this album. Um, this is the first new Rolling Stones album in the history of the podcast. Uh, we've only been going for eight years, so, you know, why would they re- release a new album? I mean, Taylor's Taylor's version of 1989 comes out, and I can give you a review of it like now. This is her <laughs> best. Taylor's album. version of Hackney Diamonds. That could uh, be quite interesting. I'll give you the review of it right now without having listened to it. This is her best album. It sounds like the last one did, like the last, the last version of it. It's going to sound exactly the same. So you think this is just a direct re-record so they can- All the rest of it, her. She it's, just added a couple of extra tracks to most of them. I think that's what she's going to- I thought she was reinterpreting, but- No, um, no they're pretty much- It's know, literally like, just, it's it's as close as we can make it. I just want to have the rights on it. Yeah, I just want to guilt everybody out of not playing because they should, because that guy's Cause, an asshole. Because Shooter McGavin's a prick, basically. Yes. Oh, it's, yeah. it's Scooter something, isn't it? Scooter Braun? Scooter Braun, yeah. I, I prefer Shooter McGavin. Yeah, you know? why not? Why not? Apparently the guy- I'm pretty sure the guy who who tweets as Shooter McGavin on Twitter is actually Christopher McDonald, the actor, because he because sometimes he shares videos of himself doing stuff, and I'm like, that seems a little bit too close. Now there is an inch couple of other interesting. When I look on uh, the release sites, there is a couple of we're talking legacies. Um, there is a couple of interesting legacies there sitting there. I, I, oh, I prefer. I'm rather an Outback or one of those XVs, yep. particularly uh-huh. the hybrids. Um, oh, what I'm going to take as my album of the week, the new album by Electric Six. Ah, and I have I've been disappointed by every Electric Six album since Fire, which was their breakthrough hit of t- what is now 20 years ago, the one with Danger High Voltage and Gay Bar, obviously. Yeah. And I've been waiting for them to release another album as good as those. And I think I'll probably still be waiting, but I'm still going to try and find out whether they're capable of doing it. So on that basis, Electric Six. Mm. I'm just looking at the list here. Did you do the Bombay Cycle Club, Bicycle Club? Oh, we've done them before. They were awful. Yeah. They were yeah. really bad. It's got a good review here, but that does no. The two what albums I'm looking at, the legacy ones here um, that have really, really poor ratings, but it's interesting. It depends on whether you want to go full pop punk or whether you want to go back, way back, I get a bit geezer. I have a different idea for a Joker mm. album, if you'll indulge okay. me. Sure. And I think you would you would appreciate this more than Bezo would, so this is why I'm going to, I'm going to spring it upon you. There is a New Zealand, a legendary New Zealand metal band called Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. They have just released an album of covers of New Zealand songs. This oh. could be 
amazing. It could be gurning dog shit, <laughs> but it will certainly cleanse the fucking palate after all that pop from this week. Yeah. And the album was called Tyranny of Distance, which, of course, I think we know as a Manning Clark line, but I think the New Zealanders also know it as a um, as a phrase of, of, of their um, colonialism. So um, Beast Wars. Um, they've also had a collaborated with Panhead, the brewery, to have a beer made uh, that, that matches up with it as well. Nice. Now, Beast Wars are uh, a kind of a, a bellowy, shouty metal band. Yeah, sludge um, metal is what I'm talking They're quite sludgy, so I'm really interested to see how these are not, like obvious hits. I mean, they're not. They're not doing fucking. No, I, I'm looking at. I was just looking at the track list, going, "Do I recognise any of these songs?" And the answer is, I do not. So it's kind of like going to be a new album, even though it's probably not. But I, I don't recognise any of those, like the original artists or anything like that. Well, so. congratulations on displaying your ignorance. Yeah. Um, I don't either. If it's not, uh, if I don't know, I don't know. The songs are from things like Flying Nun, Axe, and- Oh, be interesting. <laughs> it is quite interesting. One song is by Nadia Reed, who's like a kind of an avuncular folk act. Julia Dean's Snapper, The Gordons. It is very much- um, yeah, It's definitely not like Split Ends and fucking Dragon that they're doing the covers of. No, that's right. Oh, that sounds cool. That's why not. You know, you know, of course, the two albums I'm I'm talking about as far as what I was looking at as as sort of legacy sort of picks. Um, the first one, I just have to get back to where the the thing was. The first one, if you want to go full pop punk, is uh, one more time. The full first full first full length studio release from pop punk band Blink One Eight Two. Yeah. I mean, you know it's going to sound. Drago, a fucking alien truther, and and a cancer patient. I'm I'm not really sure we need all of that. Tell what it's going to sound like. The other one, the other one. um, We, I thought I fell in love with the girl at the rock show. She said, "Why?" And I told her what I didn't know. The other one is um, the 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 darker the shadow, the brighter the light, which is the full first length first full length studio release from British rapper The Streets in twelve years. Oh, that's going to suck. The reviews aren't great. Well, the thing is that no, his his first album, okay, he he, he had a niche and he, he you know he had a, a novelty <laughs> thing. He was singing about you know a little bit like the first Arctic Monkeys album. They were basically singing songs about going out on the piss and having no money and, you know, getting picked on by bouncers and trying to chat up girls and having no game at all. And then they got rich and famous and they couldn't write about that stuff. And now the Arctic Monkeys are a lounge act, essentially doing fucking crooner covers. And the streets were, you know, Mike Skinner was like that too. He was like, it was his first album was about, you know, being busted ass and, you know, going out the piss and all that sort of stuff. And then his second album was about, you know, how difficult it was being famous and, you know, and having, and like, and, and he sunk with that trace. So maybe if he's now irrelevant, he'll write decent stuff again because it'll be, he's no longer famous and rich. Yeah. We can only hope. Yeah. Well, that'd be an interesting one just to listen to, to see, you know, like, as you said, has he still got it or is he just pumping out the, you know, the same shit that, that, that worked 20 years ago that doesn't work now. So anyway. What are we actually doing? So we're doing The Stones, Electric Six, and um, Beast and Beast Wars. And The Strokes, sorry, The Strokes, The Streets. We'll leave that for Bezo. It's The Streets, in it? Well, that's quite his kind of stuff. It's sort of terrible white rapper. Um, that's very much his areas. <laughs> very good. That's what he believes in. Um, All right. This was Tripping Bulls. I was Doc. He was Adam H. Photo. Yes. We're going to be back next week to do much the same thing, just with different albums. Sounds good. Does it? Well, 
it could be good. Well, it wasn't good. There were moments of it wasn't good this week, folks. You've wasted half an hour of your life. I look. I don't honestly keep I, the receipt. You might be might be able to get a refund. Honestly, if they haven't already got it and you have children, or if you're interested in what the kids go and listen to that Olivia Rodrigo album, it's it's interesting. Like it's, I was going to ask you how you felt about that album, as because one of the reasons you're listening to it is that your fifteen year old daughter, fifteen, yeah, she'll be fifteen next year. Yeah, yeah. how do you feel about that as? Um, what group I was thinking of, inspiration or behaviour to mimic or something like that. I mean, I don't have to think about this with boys because boys are dumb as shit and they don't listen to anything they're told, no matter whether it's in a song or not. But it's relatively innocuous. Yeah, it's, it's innocuous enough. I think it's, it's not, it doesn't cross that line into... It's just teaching, you know, it, teaching them to stand up for themselves and to not yeah, take any shit and to stay away from older dudes, which I think is really important. Well, that's, what, that's what the daughter says. She goes, I really love getting back because I, I kind of like the idea you know, that she likes the double meaning in the song. You know, she wants, yeah. she wants to... Get him back and then make him feel bad. But then she wants to get back with him because, you know, what else are you going to do in that other song? You know, like- Because he's got a massive hog. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yes. That could be the, that's, that's going to be the title of the next album. He's got a massive hog. I want his massive hog. Yes. Yeah. You don't, you don't really oh. want to think about that. No, I fucking don't. I guess <clears> that, that, maybe it's, that's maybe it's got to have a swear out. The next album will have a swear yes. out title, I reckon. <laughs> she does have a potty mouth. Yes. I <laughs> oh, uh, comic timing's quite good though, because she was one point she was saying, you know, she's just she's she was saying she was serene or something. Like I'm so 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 fucking serene. <laughs> it was just so. I must admit, like it, it's it's cleverly written. Yeah, it was like you know, yeah, yeah. It's a mistake, right? It's a mistake, right? It's a mistake, right? And yeah. it's like I oh, fuck it, I'll do it anyway. I was like, I, I just, it's I, fine. I, I, just, like, I almost spat the drink because it was, it was like, exactly that. it's exactly like you would be in that situation. Like yeah. like um, this is a bad idea, right? Um. Yeah, fuck it. It's fine. <laughs> and, then, and then start. I'm drunk and horny, and I'm going to go and, and smash then- with my ex. Max, don't have sex with your ex. It will make your life complex. That is incredibly related, con- relatable content. Even though I've not been in that position for many years. Yes, and justifying, you know, the first thing she's doing straight after say that line is justifying herself to all of friends. Yeah, yeah, oh. that's the thing. Is that it's it's so as a little vignette mm. of of humanity, it's incredibly relatable. And that's the thing about the character that she writes for herself in the in the song she writes is really engaging and relatable. And I think that makes that makes for um, pop that's a little bit higher level than. Um, than just your generic fucking, and, you know, beats and blurps and whatever. And, and, you know, even, whatever and, and even the potty mouth stuff sort of gets you, like you said, the timing, like the radio, because when I first heard, of course, I heard on the radio that uh, thing, and it's, you know... On uh, the wireless! Yeah, on the wireless. But it's, you know, it's it's um, Dream Crusher, it's not Fame Fucker on, on the radio version. So when I heard the uncensored version for the first time, I went, oh, there it is. Oh, you know, there's <laughs> yeah. the... There's ding, ding, ding. We have a winner... Yeah, Matt, I don't love her album, but I um, I'm in favour of her. Mm. I'm I'm pro O-Rod. I'm I'm impressed with her work, and uh, we need more of more more pop stars like her uh, because uh, she's got a bit more to her than I was. Anyway, we were wrapping up this podcast five minutes ago. Um, I'm going. Good night, everyone. Catch up. Fuck it, it's fine. Yes, I know that he's my Oh, yes, I know that he's my ex, but can't do people
Hand fart serenade to finish. Nice. Can you remix that into... <laughs> you can make the um, love reason so we hear like... <laughs> or something like that, yeah. No, I don't, I don't have the I don't have the tonal control. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was nice though. Yeah. All right, I'll catch you around. Have talk, a good one. Cheers. Talk to you later. Yeah, bye.